Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, Damian Mason, with another great show for you today. We're going to talk about something that you have probably wondered about in your entrepreneurial or business ownership or business aspiration life. You've probably thought about getting some level of protection for that which you have created. You know, right now we're talking about the issues with our trade uh, uh, war with China over protecting intellectual property. Um, Everybody that comes to me always says, here's my idea. Damien, I've got this great idea. I've got this idea for a business. And then there's these folks that say, but what do I do about you know protecting it? So I decided, got a, got a guest that's probably the best person we could turn to. Her name is Etienne Sanz de Acido. He is the CEO of the International Trademark Association in New York City. He's likely the first foreign-born CEO of that organization. He's been the CEO there for six and a half years. He's joining me today to talk about all things trademark, all things protecting protecting your intellectual property, all things regarding branding of your business from that perspective. So, CEO of the International Trademark Association, Etienne Sanz de Acido. I hope I said that last name correctly. Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. Thank you very much, Damien. It's a, it's a great pleasure to talk to you, and you pronounce it perfectly well. And you didn't say Damien too bad. I mean, foreign people put the, <laughs> put the make it a short A as opposed to a long A, and they say Damien, but that's okay. You know what? It sounds almost, sounds like we're, like we're having a drink, and like we're drinking sangria in your home country or something like that. It's fantastic. That wouldn't be a bad thing, so I would be happy to have that. All right, so here we are. Um, uh, we've got this trade war with, uh, with uh, China. And there's probably a lot of folks that say, what the hell's the big deal? What, even, what is intellectual property? And then this is a bigger deal moving forward because there was a time when it was all just about making widgets, manufacturing something to make the human existence better 500 years ago, 200 years ago. And now we're in a world with the internet and with so much technology. And then there's so many people that are utilizing this to start their own little businesses and they have themselves some new creation. And then then there's your organization that years ago uh, came about and said, we're going to protect these things. So kind of tell me what the International Trademark Association does. Sure. So we're the biggest uh, brand owners organization. We're around 7,200 organizations between, you know, big corporations, small size companies, entrepreneurs, and of course, law firms from all around the world. We're in total 32,000 individuals in almost 190 countries. And our mission, I would say, is pretty simple and, and very complex at the same time. We're, you know, advocating for better laws globally to equally protect brand owners and to protect consumers in order to have fair trade. Got it. And so uh, the first question, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have this because I get asked this myself. I write books on my recent book, Food Fear, just came out. It has got a copyright. And then I also, in different times of my life, I have created slogans and uh, a look of something, and I had it trademarked. And then also, there are things, uh, if you invent a product and it's uh, you know, something you hold in your hand, for instance, you might want to get it patented. Explain the difference between a trademark, a copyright, and a patent, please. 
Well, I think you explained the three of them extremely well. You know, uh, a trademark is really, you know, uh, helping to identify the origin of a good or a service. So it's a kind of, you know, product or service identifier. Uh, whereas, you know, a patent is really protecting the invention that is behind it. And the copyright is really protecting, you know, the rights of the author. Uh, so it's a kind of intellectual property that is, is getting protected. These are the three main, uh, you know, intellectual property or industrial property rights. There are others that are, you know, perhaps less relevant. Uh, but those three are critical uh, for companies, and particularly both patents and trademarks. What we say at INTA is that, you know, trademark is kind of, you know, the legal term, but for businesses to understand that, we're talking about their brands. And to me, you know, a brand is to a company what the name is to an individual. Yeah, I want to say that again, because that's a good line. Uh, we got people out here that may be, you know, uh, mom and pop business owners, somebody that has 50 employees listening, and all of us do uh, need to be more cognizant of this. And now in the era of the internet and the social media, everybody's talking about creating your brand and building your personal brand and all that. Well, some of that's just a bunch of hooey, but there is some reality to what you're talking about. You know, Damian Mason has been creating stuff for 25 years. And so when I have something that uh, I create and there's a brand that goes along with it, but more importantly, uh, you know, this thing you said is what a, a name is to a person as a brand is to a company, but the brand, the brand is more than just the look, but that's where you come in. You're protecting what the, what the words look like, what their logo looks like. Am I right? That's correct. So, you know, uh, uh, let's say a trademark in legal terms can be a combination of letters, numbers, signs, logos. It can be many things. But basically, you know, what the trademark stands for is, you know, for identifying the product or the service in the market. And therefore, you know, the trademark is critical for companies to be able to position themselves in the market, but it's equally critical for consumers to be able to identify to whom, you know, they're, you know, buying products, services. It's a kind of source identifier, but it also plays, you know, a kind of warranty role in the sense that when you're buying a certain product under a certain trademark, you know that it has a kind of standard quality. And this is why you go always back to these kind of products. So that's the role of the trade. Yeah. The, 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 the point you're making there is, of course, <clears throat> there's, there's all kinds of discussions about branding. There's people that say, oh, you know, branding isn't what you tell the world it is. Branding is what other customers tell, tell other people what the, your, your you know, company is, what your product is. There's all sorts of discussions about what a brand is. But at the very heart of it, you're not there to, to, to tell them what their brand is. You're there to help them be identified in the marketplace as that brand. Absolutely. You know, uh, whether we talk in legal terms as a trademark, whether we talk more in terms of, you know, market terms as a brand, you know, that helps to build customer consumer loyalty. And what all businesses want is to have their customers and potential customers to come back and buy again and have a good experience all that good experience, all that goodwill is somehow encompassed within the brand. And that's why it's so critical for businesses, no matter the size, to you know, protect their rights, to use their rights, and to have them onto the market. Okay, so yeah, let's just kind of use a, another example here. Okay, you're from Europe, uh, biggest shoe company in Europe, Adidas. Uh, they, they actually were um, recently, uh, I remember reading the news, and you probably do too, about 
a protection that they were denied. Am I right about this? Because we all think of the three stripes on the side of an Adidas shoe and then the words all in little letters uh, and then like little sort of a flower thing. You know, we can all close our eyes and any of us can just know what the Adidas thing looks like. What were they denied? Do you know what the ins and outs on that and why? Well, we, uh, unfortunately, you know, I cannot answer to a specific case uh, because, you know, uh, Adidas is a member of the association like many others. And we do not look at specific cases. We rather look at trends about what is happening. Uh, what I would tell you more from a kind of, you know, market perspective is, you know, Adidas is a very strong brand. It's a recognized brand. I mean, you describe it extremely well. And you and I are talking, and I'm sure you don't have Adidas shoes in front of you. So you didn't have the logo in front of you. You were able to recognize that. Exactly. It's within your mind. And that happens as well. Imagine about the Nike swoosh. I mean, nobody needs to see it. We all know what it is, what it stands for. And that deserves a protection. It's either protected, you know, from the time of registration, or it gets protected after through use within the market. But that has a value. It has a huge value for the company. And again, it has a huge informative value for customers. That's what we need to protect. And unfortunately, what happens is that, you know, on occasions, you have, you know, some countries that are not regulating that properly, or sometimes you have courts that are not taking, you know, the right decisions. I'm not saying that the decision on that specific case is wrong. I'm not commanding on that specific decision, but we do see that on occasions. And this is one of the things that the association is doing, you know, promoting better laws and promoting better decisions to really protect businesses and protect consumers. Got it. And so now let's bring this home to uh, the person listening to this podcast. Maybe they work for a large corporation and they just listen to this because they love the business dialogue. Maybe they work for, uh, you know, some of my clients, like Bayer, for instance, is one of my clients. Well, we can all, I can close my eyes also. It's, it's two words. It's Bayer written horizontally and Bayer written vertically. It's got a little bit of color to it. I think it's blue and yellow, but I'm colorblind and it's within a circle. You and I both know what the Bayer trademark looks like. Now, the person that's listening to this podcast says whether they work for Bayer or they're starting their own little company in their guest bedroom with uh, their spouse, what do they need to know about trademarking their own stuff? Well, they need to make sure. I mean, that's a, that's a great question. You know, basically, as I said, you know, a trademark or a brand to a business is going to be the same as a name to an individual. And you want to be distinctive. You want people to recognize you. You want as a business, you want customers to, you know, immediately identify that specific product or that specific service. So how do you do that? Well, first, you know, you build a trademark and you need to build a trademark that is going to be somehow, you need to make sure that it's not going to be descriptive and you need to make sure that it's going to be somehow distinctive in the market. How can you do that? Well, you can combine, you know, letters, numbers, logos, you can use colors that's the kind of thing you need to do. If you just use a simple word, it might work very well. But if instead of just using a word, you add things to it, then it's going to, you know, it's going to be more distinctive in the market. And that's critical. Okay. Now, um, let's say I come up with a title for myself. I come up with a title for myself and I say, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, the I'm, I'm the Superman of, uh, of uh, uh, you know, Widget manufacturing. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Do I, do I trademark my title that I've given myself because I've gotten known in the marketplace as the Superman of widget developments? So uh, that will very much depend on, you know, on, uh, you know, country to country. So 
let me use another example. Let's imagine that you try to register super tire for tires. That probably is a very weak trademark because, you know, what does super tire mean for tires? It's basically describing, you know, a certain quality of the tire. So that is, you know, you're not going to be able to register that trademark. And this is why we always say, you know, your trademark cannot be generic. So it cannot be describing the category of product or services in which you are. And it needs to be distinctive. It needs really to, you know, be different from what is already existing. Now, in some countries, you know, it's possible to, you know, um, the, the, the level of distinctiveness might vary country to country. Then you have also language issues. So, for example, you know, an English word might not be understood in a given country and potentially could be registered, except that more and more you have, you know, world population being able to speak English. And because of that, you know, a term that is just describing the products or the services will have a hard time in either getting registered up front or trying to get registered afterwards, being able to show that you've acquired distinctiveness on the market. I had a trademark for, um, because I do a lot of agriculture, because uh, I have my background, and I do a lot of speaking, consulting, education for agriculture, and I had a funny little thing that I made into a logo, I had it on t-shirts, stickers, I sold stuff, it said agriculture, because starvation sucks. It was in a certain uh, block print, and it also then was the, the phrase. Uh, I went to an attorney, uh, I paid him to do some money, as, I'm sorry, to do some legal work, and I got a trademark. Um, is that what has to happen? A uh, person has an idea, they've got this sort of logo, slogan, and or uh, phrase that goes along with a, uh, a characteristic look of a uh, logo. Do they need to go through that? Can they do it without an attorney? How's the whole process work, Etienne? Well, I mean, they can do without an attorney, no doubt about that. And, you know, the USPTO, uh, which is, you know, the, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office has a great website and there is a lot of information that is available there. So that should be, you know, your first source of information. You can go there. You can, you know, see, you know, there are some set of guidelines, there are examples. So you'll be able to see up front whether there is a chance to get registered or not. Then if you have doubts, then I would, yes, recommend to go to an attorney to make sure that, you know, you're applying for something that will definitely not be generic and something that will not be descriptive. So basically my answer is, do you always need to go through an attorney? Absolutely not. You know, you can go directly to the, uh, to the IP office, to the USPTO. However, if you have doubts, then you might want to go to an attorney. And by the way, this is not an expenditure. This is an investment from a business perspective. Because again, you know, the moment you invest in identifying, you know, your product, your services, the better chances you'll have to be successful into the market. Yeah. So, you know, we can all think of the Adidas or the Nike swoosh or the Coca-Cola cursive uh, lettering, distinctive red and white and, and flowing letters. But then there's the, like I said, the person that's not going to, that's not Coca-Cola, that's not Adidas. Yep. And you made a big point that uh, your brand is to the company as your name is to, your, to an individual. Um, and, and let me perhaps, let me perhaps uh, interrupt you on that one. You know, you mentioned, you know, three, you know, huge brands, huge companies, but all these companies started as entrepreneurs, small businesses. Just think about Apple. Just think about when Apple started, you know, would anybody think that associating an Apple with different colors to computers would be a good idea? No. Well, perhaps not. Right. The reality 
is, you know, it's one of the most valued brands worldwide. Look at Amazon with the, you know, the kind of, you know, smile that is there, you know, who would think that would be a good trademark? What's, it's a great brand. These are all great brands. Why are they great brands? Because from the beginning, you know, the men, the women that were behind that idea felt strong about it and really, you know, invested into that. That's what, you know, small businesses, entrepreneurs should always do. Yeah, I gotcha. And then if a person's sitting there saying, hey, man, I've got this pretty good look or this pretty good thing. Now, is it the logo of their company? Yeah. Um, what else do we need to worry about trademark? I mean, you talked about, okay, the Apple uh, with a bite out of it or the swoosh or the cursive writing of Coca-Cola red and white. What else do people need to, like, besides just their, because a lot of these people are saying, all right, you know, I got a small business, but I'm not sure that my look is that distinctive. What else does a person need to trademark? Well, you know, the person needs to think, you know, why do they need, you know, for what kind of products or services do they need to, you know, have such a trademark? And, you know, here in the U.S., you need to make sure that you're going to be using that trademark. Uh, and then, you know, it's not just, you know, when you start, it's then, you know, being consistent the way you're going to be branding your products or your services. And it's really building, you know, a branding strategy behind it. You know, one of the, the, and there are many studies available that are extremely interesting that show that, you know, uh, trademark intensive industries, brand intensive industries. So those industries that are really investing into, you know, trademarks, into brands are more successful. They bring more in terms of GDP, in terms of employment, and more importantly for their individual, for the individuals, there is always a premium wage. So kind of, you know, trademark intensive industries pay more their employees than those that are not trademark intensive. What does that mean? Well, basically, it means that if you're able to pay more your employees, that means that you're making more money. And if you're making more money, is that you know the investment you made initially is paying off in terms of consumption of your product and service. So give me that again. Well, well-branded trademarked companies are. I think you said brand-intensive, trademark-intensive companies pay their employees more. And yep. then charge a pre get a premium for their product. I think give me a couple other things that about being branded and trademarked. We we did, and these are studies that have been performed by the U.S. administration, so the USPTO, uh, the European IP Office did a similar study in Europe, and we as INTA have done similar studies both in Latin America and in Asia, and all those studies based on a kind of similar methodology have clearly shown that. Trademark intensive industries. I'm using the legal term, but we could replace that by brand intensive. Yeah, industries. trademark intensive industries. Trademark intensive industries is an interesting thing. But again, shoes. I, okay, let's use the Adidas and Nike. That's probably a trademark intensive industry. Am I right? Uh, yeah, it is. So basically, you know, the concept of trademark intensive industries are those industries that uh, register more trademarks or rely more on trademarks to get into the market those industries tend to be far more successful. And as a result of being far more successful, they contribute more to the GDP of the different countries. So they contribute more to the U.S. economy. They pay bigger salaries to their employees. They have more credibility among, you know, their employees and among consumers. So there is clearly, you know, benefit in trademarking your products or branding your products or services. So that's a kind of key message that is supported by studies performed by the U.S. administration, the European Union administration, and others. Okay, that's good information. 
the person that is running their own business or going to uh, start their own business, and they're still wondering, do they need to be trademarking stuff? So they trademark their logo, they trademark their phraseology, trademark, uh, what other things do I need to be thinking about? Well, I mean, again, you know, the trademark is the identifier of the product or the service. So anything that comes from the company should have its trademark on. These folks that are listening to this that want to learn more about it, they can go to www.inta, as in International Trademark Association. Is there any other place? You said PTO, Patent and Trademark Organization. Do they have a website that anybody should go to? Yeah, absolutely. So it's USPTO. And uh, I would imagine it's USPTO.gov. But, you know, if you search USPTO, you'll find it, you know, top of the, the list. And this is, you know, extremely helpful information. Uh, for those folks that are even thinking about, you know, going international, uh, I mean, on our website, they'll find a lot of information about how to proceed. Uh, but again, you know, uh, no matter the size of the company, you know, it's critical to, you know, to have a trademark, to have a brand, to really have a consistent approach to it, to have a branding strategy, and to even think about, you know, it's not just about, you know, producing and selling your own products and services. You might even, you know, license your brand. You might, you know, because of having, you know, a brand and a strong brand, you might, you know, the value of your company as a whole is going to be higher. So that's a great benefit for corporations. Yeah, absolutely. So what you're talking about there is kind of a big deal at the end because what you're saying then is, you know, we can, we can, uh, we can also look at the, the, the success story that you just love to tell is that somebody now wants to tie into your brand, utilize your brand, license your brand, do a joint venture with your brand. And then all of that becomes, uh, Oh, what well, gosh, what is the brand? And is it trademarked? Yep. The more, you know, in, in technical terms, we talk about brand equity and that means, you know, the more, you know, customers realize, you know, the value or recognize the value of your brand, you know, the more valuable your company is going to be. Got it. Other thoughts, anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover? If you were sitting down with somebody that's got a company of one or a company of 100, uh, what, what would you tell them? Uh, maybe, they're, maybe they're one year in, maybe they're 12 years in, uh, but they still haven't really trademarked anything. What do they need to know? Well, you know, I would try to give them a very simple message is, you know, no matter the size of your business, if you think you have a great product, if you think you're producing a great service, be sure to name it so that your clients or potential clients will be able to identify you in the market. And the only way to do that is through trademarks. That's pretty good information. Any other closing thoughts? Anything else? His name is Etienne Sanz de Acido, and I know I'm not saying that as fluently as if I were from the north of Spain. I would say his name. Uh, his, his, I think I got the Etienne part down. You know, I'm the only person I know that has a college degree that never has taken one day of a foreign language class because uh, everybody I know took foreign language. A lot of people took Spanish, and I would probably, I would sound better. But anyway, uh, at the end, how many languages do you speak, by the way? Three? Uh, no, kind of four or five. Four or five languages. English, Spanish, French. Spanish, French, uh, Italian, and I do understand Portuguese. Got it. Uh, closing thoughts, closing anything, last words. No, absolutely, I mean, it was a real pleasure, you know, uh, talking to you. And uh, as I said, you know, I think, you know, uh, if, if anybody has any question, you know, please, you know, go to our website, go to the USPTO website. You'll find all the information and, uh, and best of luck to everyone.
I appreciate you being here. His name is Etienne Sanz Diacito. We gave you the places to go, INTA.org. I suppose they can connect with you personally if they want to for any particular reason on LinkedIn or something like that. Yep. Okay, fantastic. I appreciate you being on. Uh, my name is Damian Mason. Thanks for joining us. If you've got something worth protecting, and you probably do because you're running your own business, you want to keep doing it better, do it better by protecting what you own and what you stand for. And you do that through a trademark. Thanks for being here. Till next time, it's the Do Business Better podcast.